our vision, our end goal here is that anybody, no matter where they are, as long as you have access to the internet and you have a computer, you should be able to change your career direction, get into a new career, start a new job, no matter where you are. You could be, you know, someone working in Afghanistan, as long as you have the computer and the internet, just type in, you want to be a software engineer. Even if you don't have any experience in the past, we'll show you exactly how you can be a candidate that is 90% more likely to get hired for that role and also connect you to Google as well. Arib is a recent graduate from the University of Toronto. He was part of the COVID graduating class of 2020. He is currently working as a technology consultant at Sun Life Financial while also building Ant on the side. He's passionate about technology and building products that will impact millions of users daily in a positive and meaningful way. He regularly participates in hackathons and side projects to keep learning. And the birth of Project Ant was also through a hackathon. Arib is fascinated by the concept of new work and the future of work from both the technological and social impact perspective. And Project Ant is built upon a lot of his hypothesis about the future of work and learning. Do you mind telling us a little bit about Project Ant? Project Ant, really, it's an edtech platform. Um, the whole concept revolves around this thing we call reverse engineering your success through project-based work. And that will eventually make you 90% more likely to get hired. So it's really what we're, what we're doing is we're combining the gig economy and using that as a tool of experiential learning um, and using that alongside our portfolio feature to make you really stand out when you go for your hiring or when you go for recruitment. Um, and it's all built in a way or built in the light of Gen Z and early careers talent. Um, our portfolio is designed to make your project-based work shine versus your full-time work experience because we realize that's what our talent has more to bring to the table. And yeah, from the enterprise side, we're basically an HR tech or recruitment platform. Um, and the main thing that we're really tackling from the enterprise side is that uh, if they were to use our talent, it would tackle the, the main issue of retention, uh, which is the biggest concern in HR right now. How do you make sure that Gen Z talent doesn't end up leaving after the first 12 months? Um, using our approach, the, the gig-based approach to hire, we, we calculate that it would save about $30,000 per hire if they were to hire someone through Ant. And how'd you come up with the name Project Ant? Funny story in terms of the name, um, really the name Project Ant, I guess, because we couldn't find the name Ant. Um, and what we're really going for is if you've ever observed a stream of ants walking around, how they operate as a group, how they solve or tackle issues, you know, move objects in front of them as a group and move as a herd, um, you know, how they operate in colonies, etc. So that's what we are really trying to showcase with our concept as well. Right? The whole concept about the future of work is that it's going to be a lot more project-based, it's going to be a lot more collaborative, and people will operate in kind of in, in many herds, um, you know, solve challenges together and then move on to the next big challenge. Uh, that's how we look at it from our platform perspective, as well as where work is heading in general. So that's really kind of where the name originated from. Wow, that is a great story. I love that. It's hilarious. So you're essentially drawing an analogy between an ant colony and the way that we're going to attack the future of work in project-based environments. Exactly, right? I mean, ants are all over the world. So as Gen Z, you it doesn't matter where you are. You just work together, solve a problem, build a scale, move on to the next big problem. And that's how we predict work will be.
So right now, obviously with COVID, a lot of the work has gone from in the office to, to back to the house. And a lot of people have talked about how the future of work is going to be very remote or possibly a hybrid. And, you know, we've talked to lots of people that, that are new into the workforce, right? Like Gen Z, we're founders. We've never actually experienced going into an office. And so I feel like a lot of Gen Zers have a different opinion on wanting to work in the office or wanting to work with people versus older people who might have a family or kids or other responsibilities that, you know, make it more convenient to stay at home. So are you seeing with, you know, the data that you're compiling about the future of work and this gig economy, are you seeing that the perspectives of Gen Z with working at home are different from others? It's absolutely different. And like we've observed that both from our research as well as our own team as well, right? So earlier on when we kind of were just beginning, um, I wanted to use my own team as validation for this hypothesis about the future of work being project-based and virtual. And interestingly, when we started or had the idea in 2019, when we did the initial pitches to a hackathon in Toronto, we got great feedback about the product and the platform perspective about the gay economy and stuff. But one of the comments that we would get from our judges was that, uh, I mean, it's a great model, but companies like won't really go for it, right? Especially the ones that have been around for quite some time and they're set in their ways. They have these large offices. They have this fine-tuned concept of hiring and working with people. They're, they're not going to be able to trust someone who they've just picked up from from out of nowhere and wants to collaborate online. That doesn't, that won't work. And then one year later, COVID happened. All these companies, they don't really have a chance anymore. They have to do this, right? They're forced to operate in this, uh, even if they don't call it gay economy, they're forced to operate in this remote workspace or they're forced to take on this remote working model. And all the research that we've collected so far shows that it's actually worked out very well for both the companies and the workers on the macro scale. There's obviously segments which are not so happy about it. And, and as you mentioned, like there's families, um, there's non-Gen Z people who are not very comfortable working away from the office. There's relationship side of things that has been affected. But on the macro scale, it's actually been a very positive shift where people have taken on this remote work challenge um, they've used it to not only do better and be more productive in their own workspaces for their own companies but also to start building other skill sets to start taking on more projects to start doing more and also get, giving back more time to their themselves and their families so it's overall it's been a very positive trend um, and the same companies who had actually told us in the beginning that they wouldn't uh, go for this model because they're just not comfortable or it is not comfortable yet now they're the ones who i, I noticed 12 months down the line from our first pitch, they were the ones who in, in their hiring statements had written, we prefer if you're comfortable with remote working, we don't know when the office will be back open and, and stuff like that. So that all of that has been a very natural validation of our concept and our hypothesis about the future of work. Um, and as we kind of move forward with, with the recent news about the, the great resignation and so many people quitting their jobs because offices have opened up again, they realize they, don't, they should not be going to the office so much, et cetera. Um, it kind of all adds to our hypothesis as well, that particularly Gen Z and a lot of other segments as well, they're perfectly okay with working remotely as long as they're given the space and the trust that they need to operate to their capacity. So overall, like we've gotten great feedback about this model and we've actually used our own team as well to validate this model. My entire team, I have never met a single person physically. It's all been remotely and interesting fact, we initially had members in 11 different countries contributing directly to this project just because firstly, they believed in the problem statement. And secondly, because that's just the norm now. Like I, I don't even think of it too much anymore because I'm so used to and accustomed to this 
uh, method of working that it, it's a very natural thing to me. Like I onboard people all the time. I'm not even talking about freelancers or project-based workers. I'm talking about potential co-founders, founding members of my team, people who are basically going to make or break my product and project and future. Um, it's just it's just a very natural part of the way we work now. Yeah, wow. It's incredible how many people I've interviewed who have literally built companies from the ground up and found all their co-founders and team members all remotely, never met in person. So that's just, it's unbelievable that that's what's happening. But I want you to go back to in the beginning, we we're talking about, and, and even right now, you, you talked about Gen Z and the gig economy and how we're using projects to help grow our skills so that you can have companies retain their talent more, right? So right. is this almost like a fiver, but for companies to find freelancers in Gen Z or how does, can you paint the picture for me a little bit more? That's a great question. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, when I mentioned the gig economy, they immediately, their mind goes to Fiverr and Upwork and all of, all of these uh, platforms that have been around for quite some time. But that's really not what we're after. I, I would see Fiverr as a very distant, segmented competitor to some elements of what we're doing. But really what we're doing is our hypothesis is about the future of work and how work is evolving. Um, and because of that evolution of work, it's going to be a more fluid, a more dynamic kind of workplace where people are continuously learning and evolving their skills and evolving their work type. Uh, so that's really where Ant sits in. Like we, our pitch is that people will use the gig economy and, and use the rise of in freelancing and project-based work to continually do different kinds of work types, to continually try out and build new skills. But eventually, and based on our research and the experiments we've done, um, they do want some kind of a stable career path or some kind of fixed career joint or some area of specialization. And that's where Ant stands. We are using the gig economy as a tool for people to try out new skills and build new skills. We're giving them the, the access and the flexibility to try and, and try and build their skills, develop their portfolios, make themselves career ready for an area of specialization that they want to go into. But then the eventual goal is to get them hired to a full-time job or or to build them or make them specialize enough to just be what you would call today a premium freelancer, but I would call the worker of the future. I believe that on your website, it says earn, learn, grow. So can you give us an example, uh, basically what you just talked about, but if you can walk us through, someone comes to your platform, um, they're looking to earn, learn, and grow, and they're, you know, they've got a specific skill set. Now they want to get matched with a company or a project. What does that process look like? So here's the ideal use case that we're working towards. Imagine you're a Gen Z student, you're studying in any university in a computer science program. In your first year, freshman or you know junior year, et cetera, um, you're not graduating yet. So people in this segment, they're really looking to develop skills and they have some idea of what they want to do in their career, but they're not sure yet, right? So the way that it will work in our platform is you do your onboarding, you make your account very similar to applying for a job. And then one of the unique things that we do is we ask you, what is your long-term career goal or what is your dream job? So let's say because one of the most popular jobs that these guys want these days is to be a software engineer at Google, right? I was so, just about to say that. <laughs> yeah. So the way it will work is they're right in, they want to be a software engineer at Google and our platform will look at the current live job description of a software engineer at Google, break that down in terms of skills, in terms of tools, in terms of years of experience, and do the same thing with their, with their resume as they are today break that down in terms of skills and tools and experience. And then we'll show them exactly what that gap is in terms of where they are today and what the ideal candidate for Google looks like in terms of skills and tools and experiences. 
And then based on that gap, that's where we bring in the freelancing or the gig economy model. We match them to freelance projects with other companies, typically SMBs and startups, um, which are requiring those same skill sets. So let's say Google requires one year of Python experience and, and familiarity with Google Cloud, et cetera. So those are the skills that will match them to for projects with smaller companies. And if they do a good job in that project and they come back with a good review, there's a portfolio feature on the platform which will, which will showcase that review and their proof of work as well. If they get a good review and if they've got that real world experience with a smaller company for those skills that Google wants, once they've done a few of these freelance projects, they will have a portfolio that is ready, that is show, that showcases that they have all the skills that Google wants, that showcases that they have real-world experience working with real companies in that domain, and that will make them easily verifiable and you know, really stand out to a Google recruiter. By our calculation, make them 90% more likely to be hired for their dream job at Google. So that's how we're really combining the gig economy with experiential learning and using that as a tool for recruitment. From the flip side, um, from the enterprise side, the reason why this is a great model for enterprises is because, as I alluded to earlier, the biggest metric that enterprise HR, particularly people who are working with early careers talent, um, are concerned about today is the issue of retention. Um, what happens right now is for Gen Z, 60% of Gen Z talent tends to want to leave a company within the first 12 months. Um, and if you look into the, the reasons they cite for that, it's typically because they feel like their long-term alignment is not there, or they feel like they, they've, lo- they've lost motivation because they don't see that long-term alignment, or they, they feel like they're not giving enough value to the company, or they just it just wasn't the right fit for them because earlier on, they've just been attracted by the job or the company, but they weren't really into the skills that the job required, et cetera. With our model, um, because the very first thing we do is factor in their long-term orientation, that reverse engineering success approach, where we look at their long-term goal first, and then build that into multiple real-world projects in that same domain. And then if they've done a good job in, in, in those projects, then they're, then they're actually hired. In this way, we ensure that this person, the long-term alignment is firstly there. So we're talking, so we're talking the first big issue. The second thing is, is it ensures that this candidate definitely has the right skills that Google would want. And the third thing it does is make sure that the that the motivation is there because we know that this candidate has already done three or four freelance projects in this area. So he definitely wants to develop his skills as a software engineer further, et cetera. So that way it ensures that this person is according to our calculation, 60% less likely to leave the company after the first 12 months. And the cost savings for that from the from the enterprise perspective is we anticipate you'll save about $30,000 per hire if you if you hire someone using this model, because this person firstly won't leave your company, so you won't have to deal with the turnover costs. And secondly, this person would require much less onboarding and training time because he's already got that hands-on experience. Um, and thirdly, the replace, if you factor in the replacement costs and all of those lost productivity issues and stuff like that. So that's how we're coming up with that $30,000 per per higher savings for for enterprise. I don't even know if everyone understood how many incredible like gems you just dropped in that answer. So first of all, just to get this to recap. So if I come in, I'm a freshman or sophomore in college, I'm a Gen Zer, I'm interested in being a software engineer at Google, or I think I am at least when I'm a freshman or sophomore. So I go in, I can then get on Project Ant and I can A, get paid for what I'm learning, B, get probably startup experience before I go work at a big company like Google, C, come confident for my interviews or for the work that I'm going to join and and know the companies or my personal alignment better because I've been through 
some exercises or things that probably made me have to be self-aware and figure out what I like and what I align with. And then did you say I'm 90% more likely to get hired by this company? We, We spoke to a lot of people in HR and we did secondary research as well. Employers are typically actually 90% more likely to hire you just if you have a portfolio that is relevant. In our case, it's much more than just a portfolio. They will also have the exact composition of skills that in this case, Google wants, right? Because that's how we made that that pot for them. That, that's the exact projects we matched them to. We matched them to projects exactly requiring the skills that Google wants them to have. So you're going to increase my chances to get my dream job by 90%. And then you're able to go to the corporation and say, we're saving you 30 grand and retaining, you know, someone that's a top talent Gen Zer in, in, in this space. That is an incredible company or pipeline you've built. I feel like anybody that's going to college that's trying to fight for these dream jobs should join you. So how'd you get here? Did you start with this type of idea and model or, or was there a lot of pivoting and iterating from the beginning? There was a lot of pivoting actually. Um, and I think you can imagine why, right? So initially what I was doing and and how I got to the initial idea. And at that point, we were just building a portfolio platform for students was basically when I was in the recruitment cycle myself as a student. And as I mentioned, I'm someone who's done a lot of hackathons, always does side projects, always involved in student entrepreneurship activities and stuff like that. When I went to the recruitment cycle, I noticed something weird, um, which is that recruiters and most of the the Fortune 500s and the FANGs and all that for for co-ops and for internships, they're really mostly value if you've got like a branded name or a recognizable name on your resume, right? If you if I've worked at PNG or Google in the past, and then I'll definitely be picked up for an interview, no matter what I did in that role. Um, but if I've done like a series of side projects and hackathons, even if those are tackling like the latest and greatest skills and tools, etc., a recruiter won't really value them, or or worse yet, they won't even know how to value that that experience. And I'm someone who has a lot of that kind of experience. So I wanted to build something. I thought it was only me in the beginning that was facing this issue because I had a whole series of side projects and hackathons, but not so much from the proper experience side. I wanted to build something that would showcase and ensure that a recruiter sees the value of my side projects and gives it as much uh, weightage as they would to like a proper internship at at a recognizable company. And I thought it was myself at first, but then I did some research and it turns out it was all my peers. And then when we actually did some more research, we found that there's 20 million students in America who face the same issue as well. And I'm sure you can you can scale that to pretty much globally. Um, so that was what we were initially making. And then we kind of formed the team and did some initial pitches and did some initial user testing, but built some mockups. Once we started doing that, we realized that there's definitely value in this kind of platform, but the business model wasn't really clearly, clearly charted out yet. Um, and it was around this time that uh, I participated in a lot more pitch competitions and also got very interested in this trend about work, how, fu- how the future of work is evolving, the increase of the gig economy and the project-based work and all of that. And one very interesting thing that I found out was that, uh, this is pre-COVID research, by the way, that by 20, uh, 2027, more than 50% of all work in the US would be some form of project-based or gig-based work. That, and then that's all work. That's not just freelancing platform work. And I realized that all the stuff that we were learning in school and the kind of roles that we were getting prepared for, they probably won't even exist in a couple of years. And there's another, another stat as well to back that up. I found out that 68% of jobs over the next 10 years are that, that come out are jobs that you've never even heard of today. They're going to be new jobs in, in new industries and new roles that will 
be created over the coming years. So all of that factored in, we decided that we really need to, you know, get students into the gig economy. And that will be a great way to build the portfolios that we want to build for ourselves. Because most students are already doing side projects and, and, and work, but they're just not capturing the value of that work. Right. So that's that was that was what gave birth to the original earn, learn, grow concept. Um, and then once we kind of formed a team, I got into an incubator and had the opportunity to kind of do a lot more deeper level granular user research with enterprises and with end users. Our value proposition from the user side was really strong, but from the enterprise side, it was still not that good because a lot of companies weren't really seeing the value of the, again, this was pre-COVID, weren't really seeing the value of the connecting with students for project-based work. They, they were thinking of it as like just another Fiverr and Fiverr doesn't really have the best reputation in terms of working with corporations for particularly if you want to, if you're looking for longer term, more strategic projects. So based on that, we still continue with the idea and then we built out our portfolio feature and all of that. And then luckily I was doing this user testing with the portfolio at one point earlier on this year. And we were speaking to this person who was a senior HR leader who had a strong background in creating early talent programs. And when she saw our portfolio feature, she was she was really impressed by the way it was built specifically for early careers talent and how it showcased relevant skills at the top and not relevant companies, et cetera. It was all about, it's built entirely around skills versus for experiences. She really liked it. And I thought she just liked the portfolio, but it turns out when we asked her questions about why she was really into it, she told us that uh, from the enterprise side, the, one of the biggest problems that they have is that they hire people all the time. Um, you know, they, they go through those standard six or seven rounds of interviews and they hire and onboard a person and spend a lot of time and money into doing that. And then they realize after a couple of months that this person is not a good fit because firstly, this person doesn't really have that strong background in this domain. It's, it's just, he's just been bluffing it or he's just, you know, he's just done a really good interview because he prepared for it. And secondly, the company's needs we're also, you know, you hire someone for an entry-level position, and then you don't know what you're going to do with them next. That is a two-step approach, right? So this, uh, she alluded to the issue of retention, how they were hiring people um, based off their resumes and based off those current interview cycles. And then a couple of months down the line, these individuals, these, these new talent, they wouldn't really be interested. They, they would lose motivation. They would start slacking off, et cetera. And she thought our portfolio was a great way to kind of tackle that issue because this way they can actually attest for the skills and see if a person has done project-based work in the past in the same domain because that would help them uh, that would help them make their decision. If if someone has done a lot of projects in this space, it, it means that they're interested in the in in the kind of work that they're doing. It means that they're consistently developing their skills. It means that they also have proof of their work, et cetera. So I did some more research into what she was saying and turn and that's how I found out the retention issue. Mm. And since then, like it's been all about looking at HR, the problems that HR has, particularly in early talent acquisition. And the biggest thing is and always has been um, how to retain talent, particularly nowadays, as you know, as you I'm sure you keep hearing the news about the great resignation and, and people leaving their jobs, 4.6 million just last month. Um, and the fact that now there's, it's it's a very worker-centric or uh, employee-centric job market than it is than, than it was previously, where the employers had the upper hand. Companies have to be really strategic and really careful about who they're hiring and onboarding now, right? Firstly, the time is valuable and the cost of training is expensive. But secondly, if you train and onboard someone and spend like six to seven months doing, getting them to full productivity, and then they leave three months later, you've lost all of that time, that effort, that money. With our process, um, based on our research, you will hire someone on day one. 
someone who's already got relevant experience, but also the fact that these individuals have been doing project-based work in this domain, it shows that it shows that alignment firsthand. And that's really what led us to this latest pivot where we decided to focus on, on the enterprise side because they're the ones who are measuring for this cost the most. They're the ones who are always talking about retention and talent acquisition costs. And they're the ones who are measuring, um, you know, how many of their interns and how many of their you know, new grad hires are able to convert into future leaders and long-term hires, et cetera. So that's where we kind of got to this recent shift after that long evolutionary process. You know what I find super interesting about your entire journey of where you started to where you get now is how many times you mentioned customer discovery interviews or getting feedback or doing research and being data-driven. And I think, you know, sometimes with entrepreneurs who are starting on their first venture, they have an idea, right? And then it's all tunnel vision from there. It's like, I know this idea works. What am I going to do to make it work? How am I going to prove to everyone that my idea was right? And, you know, one of the things that hits you hard is like, oh my gosh, I was completely off. And as I talk to my customers or learn more about the market, I'll discover an entire new problem or, or take my business that I thought was a good idea and pivoted a little bit. So, I mean, you didn't even really prioritize this whole retention problem until you heard it from somebody. So how important have you realized these customer discovery interviews not being tied down to what you think is right? How important is having that mentality? I think it's the most important thing. I mean, for us, luckily, I I came across that book about product management very early on. And because I'm very interested in product management as a stream of work, and a lot of my early team members were as well, that's actually how some of us met. So we, we really knew this whole idea about lean startup and, and lean product development very early on. Um, and that's why we've always prioritized kind of speaking to customers and speaking to users. And also it's very important for us as a platform to understand the distinction between customers and users as well. For us, our users are not our customers, right? I mean, my user for Project Ant is a student, is someone looking for gig-based work, is someone looking for a new career, is someone who's looking to develop new skills in their portfolio. And we, as a concept, do not want to make any money off, off of that individual. We actually want to help them because that's that's where that's where, that's what our mission is about. Um, our customer is the one who's actually paying to acquire this talented, de- developed, motivated individual who has been working on projects. Um, and was now able to clearly show you how we can bring value to your organization. So we want the employers to pay. And that's really why we were very careful about doing discovery, speaking to customers all the time, because we had one set of users who would always tell us that they love this platform because they're not paying for it. They're getting all value out of it. So from the student side, from the user side, that, that was always what was happening. But we were really, really careful and strategic about speaking to the right companies because in the beginning, particularly, a lot of, uh, if, you, if you speak to an SMB, they may not understand the value because they're not measuring the right things. They're not measuring their talent acquisition costs, their job posting costs, the time, et cetera. When we spoke to larger companies, we realized that there's certain streams within those companies that, are, that absolutely understand the value of what we're giving them because they're the ones who are measuring for the same things that we're actually providing them, right? They're, they're very specific people within the HR division of a large company which really care about retention, which really care about talent acquisition costs, which really care about time to acquire a person and which really care about diversity, et cetera. Those are the people who would give us the best feedback because they are the ones who actively seek out solutions similar to to this 
Um, and those are the ones who really care about what we're offering them. Initially, we were speaking to the, all the wrong sort of, sorts of people. We were speaking to startups that did not see an immediate value. We were speaking to schools who did not understand anything at all about what we were doing because you know they have that career center and, and every, everyone is expected to get everything they need out of that. So for us, like we've always been in touch with our customers. And one thing that we've really been careful about is avoiding speaking to investors from day one because we don't want to go that route. It's fairly easy to raise money in this market and people can get distracted by that idea and, and, and you focus on fundraising and you focus on meeting different kinds of goals over there. What we want to do is we want to make sure that we have a proven model, we have a proven customer, we have a proven a measure of how much money we're saving them, how much money we're providing before we go into that area. That's why we're focusing on just working with and building with our customers. I want to move on to something I saw on your website, something we've discussed off camera was this idea of reverse engineering success. It's like, instead of looking at somebody and saying, okay, what have you already done in your past? And what job can we get you? It's what do you want to accomplish in the future? And how do we work backwards to create that path to accomplishing that future? And I think that's a really cool way of looking at it and creating someone's journey to reaching that dream job. Exactly. And particularly like in this day and age of work and access, I mean, the, our vision, our end goal here is that anybody, no matter where they are, as long as you have access to the internet and you have a computer, you should be able to change your career direction, get into a new career, start a new job, no matter where you are. Uh, you could be, you know, someone working in Afghanistan, as long as you have the computer and the internet, um, you just type in, you want to be a software engineer, even if you don't have any experience in the past. We'll show you exactly how you can be a candidate that is 90% more likely to get hired for that role and also connect you to Google as well through a combination of our recommendations, including free courses, projects that will build your real world portfolio. And, and over time, you'll get trained to be that perfect candidate. It's really, I mean, that's the vision here too. That's, that's, that's where we, you know, we come in with that statement, building an equitable and inclusive future to work because all the technology to do that is already here. We just need to, you know, make it in the right pattern uh, with the right vision. Yeah, awesome. And y'all are launching in February, correct? Uh, February 7th. February 7th. Awesome. So shout out your socials, your website, where can people go to join you either as a you know beta tester now or after you launch, how they can get involved? In terms of getting uh, yourself on the platform to join our beta list, you just go to projectant.io. We have a, the main homepage is built for the student site or the candidate site. You just sign up. There is a very clear call to action over there. And then we have the enterprise site as well on, on the same site. It's a different tab. If you're a company that wants to hire our early careers talent, or if you're an SMB or a startup that wants to hire gig workers and just want access to our talent, or if you want to work with them through the platform as well, you can do that as well. All of that will be operational and available on February 7th. Just sign up right now and you will get a notification um, when we're ready to start working with you. We are going to restrict access from the enterprise side to the first 100 companies, and we're halfway there at the moment. Um, from the student side, we also are going to restrict access to certain students from, uh, if, you have the, if you have a university email address only, but that's, that's a step that we're taking only for the first, uh, for the beta version, and then we'll eventually open up the platform to everybody. And if you want to get involved in the team, we're always looking for talented people. We're always expanding our team, and we're really open to trying out people using our own model, you know, project to hire, project-based work, freelance work, and potentially even, even more involvement as well. Um, just reach out to me via LinkedIn or through your platform, I guess. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. I wish I like had this when I was in college. Maybe, you know, I wouldn't have gotten rejected from all the jobs that I did. So <laughs> it would have been good to get, get my skill set a little bit more um, polished up. But I'm, I, I appreciate you joining. You know, like this is this is just unbelievable because of the global impact that it can have. So I, like I said, I, I'm just really excited to watch your growth. So thank you so much, man. It was great to have you. Thank you. It was great to be here. And to everyone that tuned in, thank you all so much. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review, a comment, and check out Areeb and Project Ant in the database and reach out. And we hope you all have a great weekend and we'll catch you all next week.